welcome to Brussels Sprouts, the UK's most hated vegetable but most loved business podcast. My name is Dan and I'm delighted to be joined by the Portfolio Collective founder, Ben Laird. Welcome to the show. Good to be here. Um, great to have you on, Ben. I'm really looking forward to learning more about what you do in your business. Um, first question for you, really simple. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm enjoying the fact that I've been vaccinated and uh, it's starting to unlock. Oh, so you're willing to sort of mix with people now again? Uh, to a certain extent. My wife hasn't been vaccinated, so you kind of got to take it one step at a time. But yeah, it's just nice to be getting out and about and seeing some kind of normal in the future. Yeah, it does seem like we're on track, doesn't it, to sort of, yeah. get, uh, you know, pre-COVID, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, although things would never be the same. So. No, for sure. No, there's so many new habits have been formed. Exactly. Ben, um, thanks for coming on. What I like to do at the start of this show is get to know a bit more about you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, real personal, deep questions that you would never want to tell anybody. It's time okay. to start thinking about um, what you want to say. Um, so are you ready for your uh, five quick questions? Yeah, slightly nervous, but ready, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, you, you, you'll be fine. Okay, question one. Are you spontaneous or a planner? Both, uh, but if anything, more spontaneous. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, what is your favourite way to start the day? I get up before five every day. Um, before five, sorry. Yeah, I, I set the alarm at five, uh, but I normally wake up before it. And I actually just have an hour or two with a coffee, with no one hassling me, no emails, no calls, no kids, just um, clearing emails and clearing my backlog. <laughs> what does your wife think about that, getting up at that time? Uh, she doesn't mind because when I go back up, at, let's say seven o'clock, I'll take a coffee with me. So she gets coffee in bed. Oh, dream. Can I ask one more question, actually? What time yeah. do you go to bed then if you get up at five? Uh, probably about 10, 10, 30, maybe 11. I, I average about five hours sleep a night. So um, that seems to be all I need. Great. I hope I can get to that one day. Um, what was your, who was your favourite school teacher and why? Uh, I had a few. There was a Mr. Carey who taught math. He was probably my favourite. Why? I think probably two things. One is he absolutely loved maths and the enthusiasm came through left, right and centre. It's like, just he loved explaining how maths works. And then B, he was a very clear explainer and communicator. So he could get things across and and explain things in three different ways if um, you know, if you didn't get it the first time. Oh, nice. Are you like an expert at maths now is what we're saying? I, I, I like maths a lot. I like maths <laughs> puzzles. Um, I am an engineer too. So yeah, I, I kind of like playing with numbers. Nice. Um, what part of your current job is your favorite? Ooh. It's probably the overall seeing the impact. So my, my kind of day job is helping you know, um, professionals relaunch their careers or try and have, have portfolio careers. And I love it when I see people land a piece of work, build their website, tell their story in a really cool new way. Just seeing people sort of improve their lives based on something that we did to help. That's nice. Yeah, I guess that is really satisfying isn't it, to see that yeah, yeah. what you're doing is working. Yeah, for sure. Um, what is the one goal that you want to uh, accomplish, I guess, in your during your career going forward? Oh, there are loads. Um, <laughs> I think ultimately to be able to one day look back at the Portfolio Collective, or in theory, another company I would build, but hopefully it's the Portfolio Collective, and say, I'm just really proud of that. It made the world a better place. Right, so you just want to change the world. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Nothing big. That's what we try to do with this podcast, actually, Ben. So we're sort of on the same uh, page. Yeah, good. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that. They're, they're, you're getting to know your questions. They were okay. easy, weren't they, actually? Yeah, yeah. 
Should I give you harder ones? <laughs> Um, thanks for that. Um, obviously, this is a getting to know you is brilliant and stuff, but mm -hmm. this is actually primarily a business podcast. So, mm -hmm. um, what we'd like to get to know now is is a bit more about the portfolio collective. So, sure. can you give us your um, quick thirty second, you know, sellers portfolio collective? We're buying. Sure. So, a massive part of the future of work for professionals is that they will not have a full time job; they have multiple sources of income. Uh, so, it might be as a consultant or as a coach or as a sort of thought leader, expert in something, there's a whole load of ways to be a portfolio professional. And at the Portfolio Collective, we basically help people launch and sustain successful portfolio careers. So we basically do that by helping um, people really think about what it is they offer, uh, explain it in a clear way, learn to find business, pitch for business, win business, know how much to charge, and all the other organizational skills that you need and business skills to basically be successful and be successful over time as well. Because if you don't reinvent yourself, at some stage you get commoditized and life gets tough. So how do you keep upping your game and reinventing yourself? Oh, that's interesting. It's actually a really interesting idea. I'm sure it's been going on for a long time. How long has sort of portfolio careers been going on? So the first person who used the, the phrase portfolio career was Charles Handy, who was like a management writer back in the 80s. Um, but it was a very narrow phrase then, mainly for kind of like ex-CEOs who sit on boards and, you know, write books and make speeches. Um, nowadays, it's much more than that. It's almost like any professional who has a pretty decent set of skills and decent Wi-Fi can set themselves up as an independent, basically a one-person company, and go out and uh, find interesting ways to make money. And it's just, it's absolutely booming. Um, so uh, would you say um, it's come about from the need people getting quite bored just doing the same thing over and over again for their, their whole lives, essentially, in one career? Yeah, it, it, there's a whole load of things driving it. So on the one hand, there are a lot of people who will say maybe, I don't want to be you know, a corporate slave. I'd rather work for myself uh, or I don't have to commute to the office you know, five days a week and have all that wasted time on, on the train or whatever it might be. Um, or, or I don't want to work incredibly hard while you know, some other someone else gets all the benefit um, in terms of like shareholders or whatever. Um, so there's an element of kind of dissatisfaction of corporate life. There's also an element of it's now much easier. So, you know, you can get decent you know, Wi-Fi at home. Uh, you, there's you know, Zoom and other sort of um, yeah, um, video conferencing, there's collaboration tools like Slack and Asana that help you collaborate remotely. And then you've also got the globalization of talent whereby mm. you know, companies want to hire the best professional in the world, not the best one within an hour's commute of their, uh, their office. And therefore, companies are also looking for professionals wherever they sit in the world. So all of that's making it more possible. And then yeah, there's also the kind of people maybe don't want corporate jobs. And it's all, um, it was all kind of happening anyway. And then lockdown, just like with so many things, just accelerated that trend. It's very fascinating. I'm, I'm loving it. You're actually converting me after I was looking at the website. I was like, <laughs> hey, how do I uh, sign up for my first course? I was thinking. <laughs> There's plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe talk about that afterwards. Uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks, Ben. That was a really good pitch and I think uh, really clear and interesting. Um, no worries. So, Given your very background and different leadership roles that you've done in the mm -hmm. past, and lots of impressive ones, it looks like, um, can you tell us the single bit of tech that is sort of changing uh, the way you and your teams work? Yeah, and there's so many, aren't there? I mean, we could talk about you know, Zoom for video conferencing, Slack for collaboration, Asana or, or Monday. My current favorite, Evernote is another real favorite, not just for work life, but for, for um, home life too, coordinating things with my wife. But I would say my current favorite is probably Calendly. Um, which literally is um, for coordinating calendars. Right. So um, I work from home. I don't have an assistant. 
um, but I have an insanely packed calendar. And what if you think about how you know putting things in the calendar used to work, people would either have to go backwards and forwards on email or a phone call, like, when are you free? When are you free? No, I'm not free. No, I'm not free. Are you going to put it in the calendar? Or am I going to put it in the calendar? You know, you can spend 15 or 20 minutes scheduling a call. Yeah. Uh, it basically plugs into my calendar, sees when I'm free. I send a link and say, yeah, this is my availability. And then people pick a block and it goes in the calendar. It's like, so it takes me now yeah, less than 30 seconds to, to get a meeting into the calendar. Oh, that's very cool. I've seen yeah. that used in sort of sales. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, well. exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, like you send that email out to 100 people and, and, and yeah. some people book time in your diary to talk about a particular service or product. Very Absolutely, cool. yeah. I, and you can plug it into your website and things as well. So we've got a lot of our members um, will say, hey, you can get a free consultation call for half an hour, just book a slot or you know, as a way, as a sort of sales tactic. So there's all sorts of ways to use it. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I, I've been pushing that for years myself as well. So I'm a big fan. Yeah. Good choice. And Monday as well is a, is a great way to sort of. Yeah, Monday is good. Yeah, yeah. I like that one as well. Yeah. Um, how would you say, uh, how is technology impacting the, uh, you've sort of touched on it already a little bit, but yeah. how is technology impacting uh, portfolio careers? I guess, is there a, a link between uh, flexible working and then people choosing to work more flexibly? Yeah, I totally. So it's I, I mentioned obviously some of it earlier is there's all the it's, it's now possible to be as productive or arguably way more productive let's say from home um or uh yeah from anywhere in the world quite frankly you can go, go and stay on a greek island if you want to as long as the wi-fi is good um and therefore it's, it's kind of like the, the technology has made us all say you can be part of a team anywhere in the world you can collaborate with um, building a deck, you know, let's say use Google Slides or whatever, you can all collaborate on it. You can collaborate on projects through, let's say, Monday or Asana or whatever. Um, you can talk to anyone anytime. And so it's just made people so ridiculously productive um, that it's kind of just a phenomenal foundation for people to branch out and do independent stuff, you know, um, rather than going to an office and having to do everything at the office. Um, do you think there are any uh, sort of downsides, I guess, uh, doing everything sort of via over the internet? Uh, yeah, I know most people, it's still like human connection. So you still got to find um, ways to do things in person. But if I look at um, you know, my own team or most teams that I work with, because I also work with a bunch of other startups just as like the mentor to the founders, most people seem to be going back to some kind of hybrid working in which um, no one or pretty much no one's in the office five days a week unless they want to be. Yeah, There are some people fresh out of university who'd be working from their bedroom. They maybe they want to be in the office five days a week. Um, or people want to get away from preschool kids, um, yeah, et cetera. So there's a few people who want to be in the office all the time, but most people would happily be in the office one or two days a week. Um, and there's something about just camaraderie, you know, being in a room together, you know, maybe going for a drink after work together, et cetera. There's also something around, you know, the brainstorms, the, the kind of random chats as well. So I, I'm not a believer in 100% remote, but I think um, I'm personally pretty comfortable with 70 or 80% remote um, and, you know, 20 or 30% face-to-face. Yeah, I think I'm agreeing with you there. I think sort of two or three days is sort of a nice sweet spot, I think, for yeah. having to see people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love seeing people. I just hate being unproductive. So, yeah, I was looking at my calendar. I'm always looking at my calendar and thinking, you know, how do I make myself more productive? And I'm thinking if I had to add in 10 hours a week of commute, you know, you know an hour each way, it's like, what's going to give? And it's like hard because the work stuff's really productive. The personal stuff I don't want to give. The sleep, I don't get much anyway. So exercise, I don't want to drop that. So I would hate to go, especially as an unproductive commuting, like on a train with bad Wi-Fi uh, or driving or something like that. So, 
yeah, I, I love the fact that I don't need to do that very often. What about uh, working near home? So in an office that maybe a satellite office that uh, is like 10 minutes away from you? That can work pretty well. I mean, yeah, that, that, I, I certainly agree with that because in essence, it's like a leg stretch, which is never a bad thing. Um, so it's not anything too unproductive, um, but you have an, an isolated space. Yeah. Or like a, one of our members, actually, he's an architect and he uh, used to design shopping malls. And obviously, there's not much need for shopping malls anymore, uh, at least not for new ones. I mean, obviously, some of them that are around will still be uh, done. So he's actually pivoted to design garden offices and treehouse offices and stuff like that. But basically, you want to build an office out of, no, out of nothing. So they kind of you know get down to the end of the garden or, or as you say, go down the street, but some kind of... Um, you know, get away from home, but don't waste too much time commuting could well work. Do you know what? I've seen those actually advertised on Facebook. Um, yeah. It's outdoor in your garden, you know, quickly just put it up off it. It's a little wicked. Yeah, exactly. And, and and you can actually do them pretty small. So he's, he, I, I talked to him a lot. So I see his own office, the one he designed for himself. And it's kind of about this wide. So what's that? Like um, and a meter and a half wide. Maybe it's two, but not that wide. And then about three or four deep. And he's got a really awesome desk and video and sound set up at one end. A uh, bit of soundproofing, which stops all the echo, bit of storage and a, and a rack for his bike. And it's just kind of like you don't need to take a ton of space for a really productive, nice um, uh, uh, office space. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm happy with just one of those flip up desks, actually, Ben. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like my standing desk. I must have, I've got a, a yo-yo standing desk, which I only got in November. And I love it. It's like I, I used to have the yeah. old back twinge and I, 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 I don't have any back issues anymore. Are you standing right now? I'm standing right now, yeah. Wow, that's interesting. This is the first meeting, actually, probably the second yeah. before, meeting that I've had with someone standing up. Yeah. No, I love it. I, it's something so other people do, which I wouldn't rule out, but I don't have now, is those uh, treadmills that you can kind of walk while at the desk. I just worry that my typing will get worse than it already is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's kind of tempting just to get some steps in and, you know, keep the blood flowing, etc. It'd be very hard to... What you could get is, I, I guess... Google Glass was on the way to having sort of wearable tech that you could be knocking about outside, running and still seeing your emails come in. That would be way too distracting. I'd crash into a tree probably. <laughs> yeah. VR is the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wicked. Um, what are some of the key considerations uh, someone should make before heading into a portfolio career? So most people's portfolio careers are a journey. It's not like you can get it all right on day one because it's a it's a process of of learning about who you are how you want to fit into the world so one of the very early things people need to do is say what are my monetizable skills um and yeah so and by the most a lot of people think they have none there's a lot of people who have real imposter syndrome i couldn't sell my time etc but the reality is you've had a job people paid you for that you know you have a brain you have you know a work ethic etc but doing a kind of audit of all the skills that you have all the knowledge you have all the other assets that you have and then thinking through what are the one or two or three that will give you that combination of doing something you love, doing something that the world needs, something that you can get paid for uh, and, and something that you're pretty good at, you know, and, and sort of try and find that uh, sort of ikigai moment uh, or a crossroads, let's say. So that's really important to get right. And now, again, I wouldn't say you have to get it right on day one, but you need to have some ideas that you can start kicking around, et cetera. Um, the other things before you launch on it, you should really just think, is it for me? So, you know, obviously I'm a big fan of it. I had a portfolio career before I founded the Portfolio Collective, um, but it's quite independent. You have to win your own work. So you've got to be comfortable doing some sales. Um, you need to probably become some kind of thought leader. So you need to write the odd article. You need to knock up a website, which you can either pay someone to or do it yourself, but obviously paying someone costs money. Uh, but yeah, you know, there's a whole, you are a one person business. 
Um, and do you, is that what you want to do? Um, obviously, more and more people are saying yes, but it's not for everyone. Some people might say, do you know what? I'd rather, you know, be tucked into my part of the org and do that job and, you know, let other people worry about sales or marketing or pricing or whatever. Um, so you definitely need to have a pretty independent streak because, uh, in essence, it's a bit like forming a startup. You're just not hiring other people, but, but your one-person business is a startup. That's the question I was going to ask you. Is it, is it, does it forever stay one person? Not necessarily, but technically, so so I've got you know the portfolio collective. But I have my portfolio career. My portfolio company is actually two people. So yeah. in order to free up time to launch the portfolio collective, I hired a chief of staff who does a lot of the work that I used to do myself. Uh, so first of all, as a portfolio professional, you might outsource work, have a virtual team. Very few people are hiring others, but they have their favorite writer to go to for articles, their favorite you know techie to go to for tech, etc. So you can definitely sort of have your uh, your network of people that that support you. Uh, but I'd probably say about 20% of our members are actually using a portfolio career as a stepping stone to a startup. Yeah. So they're basically saying I need to ditch the corporate job to free up my head and my calendar so that I can plan my startup. But I need to A, earn some money while I'm planning the startup and B, start thinking about products and services I could offer uh, and, and you know test the water before I go and raise some money. So, you know, do two, three years as a portfolio professional while effectively working out what exactly will your startup do and how will it work uh, is a pretty sensible stepping stone. Um, what is the big differences there between a portfolio career and a startup? I, I guess the big thing with, this, with a startup is you're probably going to raise money and you're probably going to hire people. So th they'd the, be the big two. But in essence, um, both are very entrepreneurial. Both of them, you're effectively running a small business. Uh, both of them are trying to find an interesting niche that you can do differently or better. Um, yeah, both are, you have a lot of independence, a lot of freedom. Um, both, if they work well, you make a ton of money. If they don't, you, something goes bust. <laughs> so so it's, 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 it's kind of like very entrepreneurial on both cases, but a startup you know, is effectively saying, this is going to become a company, it will have employees, uh, and I probably need some some shareholders to help me grow even faster. Um Really interesting. Uh, is it is it um, cost effective for a for a business to hire a portfolio collective type person uh, rather than an existing uh, sort of just employee? What are the differences and benefits? Yeah, it is. So so um, it all depends on what you want. If you've got as a company, if you've got a job that needs to be done forty hours a week and requires the same skill set every time, you probably need an employee. That's that's going to be the most efficient thing. And you get some continuity and there's some trust there and you know, other things like that. But so much work doesn't fit into that neat mold. You know, so much work, you need an expert for two weeks or you need an interim for uh, a period to cover for someone or you need a, a mentor or an advisory board or a consultant or, um, a, a, or, or you think I, I, just this week um, we had a, a well-funded startup come to us saying, I need a part-time CFO. I said, you know, why is that? I said, well, we want someone who's world-class. We can't afford a whole one and we don't think there's enough work. So we need someone two days a week. That's, you know, that means you need a portfolio professional with a finance background. Um, but we, there's so much of that because work isn't neat and work evolves so fast. So the way I look at it simplistically, um, I like the OECD said that by 2030, half of all professionals would be portfolio professionals, meaning they wouldn't have a day job. They would just have multiple sources of income. Um, and what that means in very simplistic terms is most big companies will probably halve their permanent headcount and get more work done through part-time professionals uh yeah that's a really interesting way of putting it i think um 
you're right work isn't it is it like you can yeah. often you've got 40 hours of the week but if we're honest with ourselves how much of that is spent doing things the whole time whereas yeah. if you're yeah. portfolio collective you, you know that time is allocated for doing just that absolutely yeah yeah cool very interesting we sort of touched on it a bit before about how you're choosing the right um when you said hiring people you choose people you know and perhaps work with in the past mm -hmm. yeah what role does community play in portfolio careers? Because you seem to have a like a decent one going yourself. Yeah, yeah. So you're absolutely right. Community matters. We are tribal. As humans, we are tribal. And actually, so, so I founded the Portfolio Collective during lockdown last year. Uh, and I went out and interviewed loads of portfolio professionals saying, what are your frustrations and, and you know, where do you need help? Number one was obviously landing enough paid work to pay the bills and you know, keep that portfolio healthy. Number two was loneliness. Uh, so as a portfolio professional, even when we're not on lockdown, uh, you've got clients and their people, you've got family, you've got neighbors, but you don't have a team. And so there's just a loneliness there. So one of the things we set out to do with the portfolio collective is say, we are your tribe. You know, you can come to us to chat, come to us for networking, come to us to collaborate, come to us with the dumb questions that you're too embarrassed to ask your clients. Um, you come to us when you just need some inspiration for your career. And in essence, we'll help you find a tribe, develop yourself uh, and not feel lonely. So um, it, that, that's a big part of what we do. We, we think we're a community first and everything else like training and jobs and other stuff is kind of what we add on to once people are happy that they found their community. That's wicked. And I, I, you know, what? I hadn't even thought of that, but that seems like such an important point now that you've said it. Um, yeah. You're right, everyone's sort of working by themselves. And they've got all these different bits, but then mm -hmm. actually, who are you sort of venting to as well? Yeah, exactly. those, where are those people yeah. in life? Oh, brilliant. Um, I guess my next question, as someone, you know, if I was ever looking to do portfolio career just mm -hmm. for the sake of conversation, yeah. um, what would worry me, I suppose, is how do I um, manage all of these different clients and uh, mm -hmm. calendarize it all? And, you know, I'm already yeah. getting like nervous and, uh, <laughs> and stuff. So, so yeah, so different portfolio professionals juggle at different levels. Uh, I'm an insane juggler, but, you know, I think my calendar and stuff would very scare a lot of people and, and that's fine. So yeah, some people will, and at the very extreme as a portfolio professional, you might only have one client at a time, but you know, you'll do projects. Like I'll do a project five days a week for you know, a client for a, for a few weeks and then a different one for a few weeks. That's kind of becoming less normal. That's like the classic freelancer model. Most of our members will have at least three clients or work streams. Um, some will have you know, up to 15. So it's kind of, that's probably the range. Um, I guess it depends on how quickly you can get your head around a job. So if every job's totally different, it might be pretty scary. It's like, oh my God, my, you, know, you get sort of a fried brain. But if, for example, you know, everyone that you're working with, you're helping them, I don't know, improve their org structure and systems and processes, because you're a kind of like a org consultant, um, you've kind of got your mental model, you've got your frameworks. Um, and so effectively, with each one, you've got a pretty standard list of questions, a pretty standard list of solutions, and it's just about molding and matchmaking. And you can argue it's a lot of that stuff. You know, there's others who are coaches. They probably have their models for how to do stuff. Or uh, people who are, you know, there's, we've got members who, let's say, help American companies launch in the in the, the UK or in Europe. Um, yeah, how do you, they do that? So there's all sorts of interesting things, but most people end up with a bit of a playbook. Here's what I do, here's how I do it. Um, and then their clients find them and say, actually, yeah, I want that or something like it. Uh, and that helps prevent the kind of the, the, the brain frying. That's what I was worried about. I think you probably end up being someone that's just super productive. You know, how to really get the most out of your time during that time with, with those, um, those businesses, I think. 
Big time, yeah. I, I'm more productive. And I think some of it's lockdown. Some of it's all these new productivity tools and some of it's just being a portfolio professional. How do you manage it? But yeah, um, there's very little wasted time doing either pointless stuff or admin or uh, let's say stuff below my pay grade because everything's been optimized. Oh, wicked. No admin, please. Yeah, <laughs> I would say none. It's just efficient. Like the Calendly example of, you know, you can organize a calendar meeting in, in you know, 30 seconds. Um, I use superhuman for my email, which basically means I can churn through the unnecessary stuff ridiculously fast. Um, yeah, just just uh, anything. I have a shared Evernote with my chief of staff. So anything that I think that needs to be done, but I don't want to do it, I just put it straight onto his to-do list. Um, and then he does it and he's ridiculously productive. So it turns out really just how do you strip out all the pointless stuff? <laughs> it sounds wicked. It sounds brilliant, Ben. I, I, I'm super fascinated by it all, actually. You've unlocked something in me that I'm going to go and explore and read more into, I'm sure, uh, in the future. Very um, good. Ben, I'd, I'd love to um, finish then on uh, your a, a joke that you brought or mm -hmm. perhaps a story that you have for us. That'd be really good for our listeners to end on a laugh. Okay. Um, so one that I still makes me laugh now is a long time ago. I was in the army um, and I was, uh, what was I was uh, doing officer training within the Royal Engineers in Brompton Barracks, which is in Chatham. And um, it was a Sunday morning. I can't remember what I was doing, maybe working, maybe reading, not quite sure. Uh, I had the window open overlooking the the parade square. So this is like the hallowed ground. You know, this is big, basically tarmac square where you're never allowed to go unless you're in full uniform, being marched around, probably with a band, etc. And there was a really scruffy guy, um, an off-duty soldier, basically, sauntering across the uh, uh, the parade square, uh, chewing gum, hands in pockets, very, very, very unmilitary, in the wrong place, uh, looking like he didn't care. And um, the regimental sergeant major happened to be um, looking out of a window on, on this parade square. And he looked out of the window and he said, Oi, you, get off the parade square. <laughs> and uh, the guy looked around and he said, do you know who I am? He said, no. He said, well, F off then. And he sprinted. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this barracks had a whole maze of tunnels and the sergeant major had everyone out, out of their rooms, even though it's Sunday and everyone was off duty or whatever, trying to find this guy in the tunnels. Did you but, find him? Did. So at some stage, I think he must have like, changed, um, uh, changed outfits and go away. <laughs> it was kind of a very humorous form of insubordination <laughs> i just thought i thought you, you were going to say like it's hallucinating or like it was prince i thought for some reason it's going to be prince charles thanks for that ben and, and thanks for joining us today on process it's been amazing and really interesting and something i think uh, our listeners will get a lot out of um thanks for coming on the show it's been uh, a pleasure yeah likewise pleasure too uh and thank you everybody for listening to process sprouts this has been uh fishy and delishy it's Brussels sprouts.